Welcome to the Intuitive Edge podcast, formerly Ariel Talk Time. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an intuitive business consultant. I'm the founder and CEO of Studio Carlton. We're a group of producers, writers, visionaries, developers of custom Amazon Alexa skills. I love to think big and embrace innovative technology. And I'd love to help companies and brands engage their audiences on Amazon Alexa. The future is here with voice. It's all hands-free technology. Did you know that the number of smart speakers in the U.S. is set to exceed 66 million? Check out some of our work on StudioCarlton.com. Or drop me an email, Victoria, at StudioCarlton.com. I'd love to talk to you about what your vision is for your own custom Amazon Alexa skill. Nick Saka is my guest today. He is the founder and host of Voice Spark Live, the podcast, and they have a live online streaming show that is on YouTube. I highly recommend you check it out, but talk all things voice to help you make the most out of using Alexa. Nick is also chief evangelist at Wonder World, and I am so excited that he decided he wanted to do a podcast and talk about reincarnation past lives, future lives. Does it even exist? Well, let's find out what the textbook definition of reincarnation is. The word reincarnation derives from the Latin term that literally means entering the flesh again. Reincarnation refers to the belief that an aspect of every human being continues to exist after death. This aspect may be the soul or mind, or consciousness, or something that transcends, which is reborn, and then interconnected into a cycle of existence. So let's go and get the show started. So Nick, what do you think Alexa was in her past life? <laughs> How? From uh, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> 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 or, or, based on the way Amazon went... I would definitely say that she was probably the uh, Library of Alexandria and Egypt. Ooh. So uh, because that was sort of the inspiration for the name to begin with, and I think that's what they were going for. And um, so, yeah, I would have to say it was that. that well, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Been. See, my, mm-hmm. my brain went straight to the oracles of Delphi. I just figured, you know, she Ooh. must have been – she had to have been a little bit psychic. She probably made a lot of money, or at least back then she probably received a lot of jewels, a lot of jewels, yep. probably a lot of food, and she might have been the go-to woman for all the answers. So I think Alexa probably had a couple past lives before she became incarnated into our voice today of AI, if you will. Yeah, you're right. She probably did. I never thought about that one. But anyway, so we have Alexa. We'll talk more about her in a second. First, I want to sort of set the stage for whether or not reincarnation and past lives actually exist. One author, um, Walter Simkew, uh, came out with a book about the uh, revolutionaries. And my husband actually hosted a, uh, a little book signing soiree in our house when he first launched it. It was about, I don't know, 15 years ago, thereabouts. Sim Q's whole, whole life it revolves around reincarnation, and he bases a lot of his, his thinking on various serious steps. 
You know, he's also yes. a medical doctor and he's a very scientifically minded individual. His process utilizes intuition and synchronicities and similarities in the subject's biographies, abilities and inclinations. And that's how he bases on on whether or not you have a past life and I have a past life at Oprah Winfrey or George Clooney or Sylvester Stallone or some of those people. So we'll talk about that also. But there was a, there was a quote or a story about John Adams. And believe it or not, he actually, mm. he thought it was his mission in the 1700s that he actually called reincarnation the new democracy. Really? Honest to God, it's, it's in the book, it's there. And that his understanding that no matter what the circumstances of our lives, the knowledge that reincarnation is a fact and that lessons unlearned in one life will carry over to the next. And it means that all kinds of souls are indeed created equal and I. And not only by kindness and compassion, but also towards, you know, our fellow man and that we succeed in having a happy lifetime in subsequent lives. So Simku believes that embracing the reality of reincarnation will eventually, you know, resolve the social ills and conflicts of our society. What do you think oh, about that? I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty interesting concept, because you would think that over time. Uh, subconsciously or maybe through the cosmos, we would adapt and overcome to certain barriers that our society props up, right? So whenever you even look at like geo geopolitics or, or whatever, um, you know, the take, take the whole country of Af or the whole continent of Africa, for instance, right? Like there, there's a lot of places that are trapped in the stone age. There's a lot of places in America that are trapped in the stone age. And you would think that over time, you know, through this osmosis, universal osmosis, that we would we would eventually get it right. And I think that's sort of where the, you know, even whenever you look at our our founding fathers, like John Adams, um, I think that, that that was where they were going with the Constitution. Like this, this document could live on forever, even though it could be modified. And this this document suits all people. Yeah, it was pretty genius what they put back together. But yeah. believe it or not, the whole idea and concept that people are born and reborn has and, and, and had past lives actually dates back to at least 3,000 years ago. And discussions oh. on reincarnation, past lives, future lives can be found in ancient traditions of India, Greece, the Celtic Druids, and it's a common thing, obviously, today among, you know, New Age philosophies, although I haven't really seen too much people talking about past lives. You're one of the few people, quite a few years, that's actually, you know, brought up about past lives and that type of thing. I'm actually very scared of it because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know what, like, like it, you know, it's, you know, for me, everything boils down to karma, right? So if my wife's like, there's a spider in the house, kill it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take it outside. Oh, my husband you know? does that too. Takes all the bugs out. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll tell my kids like, hey, it's not bothering you. Go to sleep. But I I will not do that under any circumstances because, you know, it's almost that fear of the unknown. But bringing it back to reincarnation, I always thought about this, right? Mm -hmm. So anyhow, the, the thought of reincarnation, my thought is this. You've got a planet that is five billion years old. You've got a universe that's probably, or uh, you know, the universe is probably fifteen billion years old. Scientists predict. I just don't think you can get everything that you need to get done and learn everything that you need to learn in eighty years. I just, you know what I mean? Like, and, and plus, if you even if you go back to some of the you know teachings of like, 
even the baseline teachings of religion where it's where they say, hey, look, if you do good, you go to heaven. If you do bad, you go to hell. Okay, well, that's simple enough. But what you're telling me is, is that I potentially only have to do good things for 80 years, which is a fraction of the entire time that all everything around me has been around. And then I can get, you know, I can get rewarded for that. It really, it doesn't make much sense. And and I feel sorry for people who were born into situations that they can't um, work their self out of. But what would make sense is that if there were souls and these souls had to live these different lives in order to gain a well-rounded perspective on human life as a whole. And I think that's sort of what reincarnation is. It's just, you know, you, you take a break and then you got to go back to school. You learn those different things. Okay, so you're a, maybe you're a, a black female athlete in your next life, or you're a poor white man that lives in the mountains of, uh, of West Virginia. But it's all about gaining that perspective, and it's all about learning from that and helping other people. Right. Your thoughts make a lot of sense because back in the 1800s, as we progress through life, and obviously it goes a lot faster, we have much more advanced assets to utilize and to learn from and to grow, such as, you know, in the 1800s, there was no internet. And there was, if you lived back in the 1800s and then you got to be, you know, reborn again, living this life, it, it means you have a lot to learn. But it also goes back to what's, who's in charge? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. who's up there telling us you got to relive another life or did you learn this and, and why? I mean, it seems like that there's also like a, a bigger sense, and I don't want to go out too far out there like that, but it's like, why? Are we all individuals and realize that amongst ourselves that we, we just come back or, or, or when we die, do we go on and, and we realize we connect with people and we say, oh, we got to come back again. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, I think it's the India philosophy that they only believed I believe that, that it was only like you only had to go through nine lives. And that was oh. kind of based on your numerology. I remember that like years ago studying that. And this would be like my, according to then, my, my last life that would have to keep coming back. So there's oh, some man. of that too. So let me ask you I, this. When, when you believe in reincarnation, do you get clues about what your past lives or through your dreams or your, your soul tell you anything? Do you have any, like any vibes that you got anything about it? Well, I have an interesting story to tell you on that. But first, if the Indian, if the Indian culture says that you only have to re reincarnate a certain amount of times, I hope I'm close to checking out. That's all <laughs> I could say about that one. It was interesting you bring that up. And it was interesting, you know, even to be on this podcast, because I do have a really cool story about it. Me and my wife had just been married a couple of years. And she's like, hey, let's go see a psychic. It'll be fun. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, whatever. Sure. And I go see, we go, we sit down and I have a long sleeve shirt on and I walk into this place and we're all hanging out and she starts talking about stuff. Oh, you're going to move to Texas, which we never did. And you're going to do this and which we, which we didn't do. And, and then we got on past lives and she said, Hey, you have a mark on your arm. And I said, what? And she's like, yeah, on your arm, pull your uh, collar down or your, your sleeve down. So I pulled my sleeve up, you know, up, down. And uh, this was a birthmark that I've had since I was born. Uh -huh. It's like it's like a little piece of like piece of brown skin in it. Well, she told me that that was whenever I was a reincarnated Confederate soldier back wow. during the Civil War. And that the reason why it's on my arm 
is because whenever I was holding my rifle and pointing it, I got shot in the chest. It grazed my arm and I didn't, I didn't die from the bullet wound. I died from falling into a crick and drowning. Oh Lord. Now think about, think about how crazy that sounds, right? Yeah, very detailed, too, I would say. So kudos to the, the psychic reader that had that gift to begin with. Yeah, and I'm sitting around, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and, you know, that's my, that's, my, that's my thought process. So then, as I completed my, my 20 years of service in the Coast Guard, I started thinking about it. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Because it sort of, like, completes a circle. Because, for me, I'm preventing people from having some sort of traumatic event that involves water. They're calling on me to help them and I'm helping them or I was helping them to sort of not have that experience. And I, I was like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, it's a whole full circle kind of thing. So for me, yeah, I think there's something to it. And I think, Hey, maybe I had my reasons for being a Confederate soldier. Maybe I was born in the South. I don't know. But I do know this. For me wearing a long sleeve shirt and for her being able to see that and pull that out, that's one of the strangest things that, have, that has ever happened to me. And it made me a believer almost instantly. Yeah, it's pretty incredible because you obviously she told you information that resonated with you on some level, although perhaps you didn't know why. You know, Walter Simcue is, okay, you, you had a past life. This information was presented, and it may have been your past life. How does that sort of fix this lifetime? How does that help you, you know, advance your own life? So for the past 20 years, you know, I, I served in the U.S. Coast Guard. And, you know, what's the primary job of the Coast Guard? It's to save people from the water. Yeah, that's true. So so how how crazy is that? So it... Whenever you start thinking about these things and, and you know, and, and sometimes I come, you know, I come back down to earth. Like I really get grounded. Like I'm like, well, you know, if you look at like these different personality tests, you know, I'm the kind of guy that looks for patterns and stuff and blah, 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 blah. And my mind's just running crazy. But if you take it at face value, you think about it and you're like, I don't know. You, you just can't stack up all these coincidences. Right. So now moving forward, how does this make you feel or what do you want to do knowing that you did? Did you have like deja vu or anything like that? No, no, no. I was pretty far away from it. So my my primary job was to essentially uh, assist in operating a 911 call center. So we would get the calls of the people who were, you know, oh, my brother went into the water and. You know, he doesn't know how to swim and I, I don't see him resurfacing. We would get those calls and then we would have to dispatch and create the search plans for those appropriate uh, situations. That's pretty interesting. So, so, yeah, so, so was, you had this, was, you know, reader of a psychic read tell you about your past life. Have you been to a psychic sense that focused on past lives at all? You know, I, I haven't, but I've read I've read a lot about it. Like there was a really a really interesting book I read probably well, probably 10 years now but it's called you forever uh-huh it's it's a really good read it's kind of cool and it talks about past lives and how the whole thing works and not to really sweat the small stuff because well it's 
everything's pretty much small stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but no, it's a it's a pretty interesting book. Yeah. Well, they say the experts that study on reincarnation, they say there's, you know, psychological, emotional phenomena that holds hints of what we used to be. And one of the one of them is like deja vu. Like if we have experienced any sudden surprising feeling about an event that could sort of lead us to uh, what the past life that we might have had um, or just unusual memories. I mean, there was that one hypnotist. I can think of his name off the top of my head right now, but he hypnotizes people to help them through those unusual memories, which a lot of times a lot of people have are very catastrophic. They have some really bizarre memories that lead them back to a past life that wasn't so much fun. Um, I know there was a professor, uh, Mark Woodhouse at Georgia State University um, years ago, and we used to, banter about reincarnation and past lives and that and the reason that our brain today prevents us from going too far in the past is the same reason it prevents us from going too far into the future because a we're really not mentally equipped to handle all that kind of information so so these people that have these unusual you know memories or childhood events and they're scary or not scary or fantasy um or part of past life another thing would be um having repetitive dreams and or uh, nightmares that could give us a glimpse into what our past life is. But I'm going to tell you a story that I had, whether or not, I mean, I know it's real because I know I had body indicators that tell me that it's real. But and this is, again, like almost 20 years ago now, I had a really good friend, an astrologer, uh, and his name was Michael. And we used to go over to his house and, and um, you know, have dinner and hang out with some other people and talk astrology talk. And at the time, he was taking care of a friend of his, uh, that was dying. He was, you know, cancer or something to that effect. And he had him in the makeshift bedroom on the first floor, you know, of the house. I never really liked uh -huh. going to the house. It was in a really historical part of Atlanta. And I'd go there and I didn't really like it, but I liked Michael enough that I, and then Michael at the time would ask me, well, when do you think he's, his friend is going to die? And I would say, oh, I don't know. You know. Well, anyway, in this January in Atlanta, we had a, a snowstorm, and it was beautiful. I mean, the snow um, was covered the whole grounds. You know, when you're not used to snow, it always looks fabulous, right? <laughs> when you are used to it, oh, you yeah. think, oh, my God, please don't, don't snow anymore. But anyway, so I went home that night, and um, I had what parapsychologists will define as a levitation experience. So all of a sudden, I'm, if you've ever had one, it's really quite exciting. So you leave your body, lift it out, whether it's your soul or your consciousness or whatever. So I'm flying out of my body. I'm going through Buckhead. I'm zooming around into Peachtree, Peachtree Battle area. And I find myself at the front door of my friend Michael's house. And then all of a sudden, I see Michael come to the, the door, the front door window, and I look at Michael, but I'm looking at him, but I'm looking through him to his friend that's in the makeshift bedroom, which basically would have been the dining room. And I said to him, flatly, it's your time to go. What are you doing here? It's time to go. And I watched his friend die. And I watched him die, and I watched his soul transcend towards the ceiling, and it split in two. Half of him what you know was the soul and it went off into heaven, if you will. The other half became reincarnated as a boy in Wisconsin. Wow. Now those are now some serious cool. details, right? Yeah. So I remember when I finally got back to my body and, and I woke up and I thought, Wow, that is the most bizarre thing in the world. So the next morning at Sunday, eight o'clock, I I couldn't wait any longer. I call up my friend Michael. A woman who I didn't know answered the phone and that was sort of surprising to me and I said, Well, have Michael call me right away. I had the strangest dream about him last night. And she said, oh, it was probably because his friend died. 
so that was the first one. Okay, now it gets better. The first truth indicator in a way, right? So then, you know, earlier that afternoon, Michael calls me and um, and I said, God, you got to call him. Believe it's happened. So I relayed to him my levitation experience. And I said, now get ready for this. It sounds a little weird. I said, but he is reborn again. He's reincarnated. He is a little boy living in Wisconsin. And he said, you know, that's really fascinating because he always said if he could move anywhere, it would be Wisconsin. Now, see, that's interesting. Isn't that wild? So I know, I know that what I experienced was very real. I don't know why I was the chosen one to help his friend, you know, make his transition, either A, for the experience, or B, to be able to share that experience and that type of thing. And that's, that's it. So that's my uh, sort of reincarnation experience. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's honestly no denying that the uh, – that um, the world is definitely a classroom, and uh, you got to learn those lessons. That's interesting. Those are that's a that's a crazy story. It's 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 cool though. Anyway, so so we we decide that based on our own personal experiences that reincarnation is a possibility, and um, yep. and that we need to learn from them. You know, sharing those that knowledge with other people. And probably we already do that anyway. So we have our past lives that we have. We're here and we know what our duty is. And we know we're going to go through some experiences this lifetime, good, bad, or indifferent. And and somehow maybe these people that we encounter are from our past lives. If based on some of the some of the uh, research that Walter Simkew talks about, it's like we if we didn't do it right the first time, we have to come back and, and do it again this time, you know, as well. Which brings me back to Alexa. And you and I are both into voice, AI, and the whole future and the, and the whole fascination behind that. And you have a, a company uh, that you founded, uh, Voice Spark, which is, is pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're essentially just a dedicated group of uh, people that want to help others get the most out of their smart smart assistants um you know there's a lot of things you can do with these devices that the average person just isn't readily picking up on and uh you know there's more than just you know what's the weather outside and here's you know here's today's top 20 hits (laughs) there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um games out there that are being published there's a lot of productivity tools that are being published. There's a lot of uh, a lot of integration. Uh, you know, to give uh, to give one example, and I tell people this all the time. I said I haven't turned my Christmas lights off in six years, and they're like, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, I have these certain Wi-Fi plugs that plug into a socket, and whenever they're detected being on, she knows to turn them on and turn them off at a certain time." And I plug my Christmas lights into those sockets, and it's all connected through my Wi-Fi system in my house. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. How do I do that? And I'm like, well, it's fairly simple, this, 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 and this. So we focus on um, just showing people that there's other things out there that are so much vast in this new frontier of uh, of voice technology. And it's me, uh, it's uh, Ben and Emily who... uh, who are all kind of, you know, fanboys and fangirls of this tech, and uh, we just want to help people use it. 
And my passion is about creating and developing custom Amazon Alexa skills for businesses and brands and professionals and authors to be able to utilize this awesome technology to engage and expand their current audience and to make it all yep. interactive and fun like But I want to go back to our theme and reincarnation past lives. We talked about Alexa possibly being Hal from the 2001 Space Odyssey. And then you said Alexandria. And I said an oracle. So it begs the question, do you think Alexa has a soul? Uh, And who are the creators of her in that? I mean, do you think that? I would say she probably has a personality. And and I think it all goes back to anthropomorphism, where where we give... Uh, non-human creatures or beings names and personalities and all this other stuff to sort of humanize them i think she's a bunch of in all honesty if i had to be 100 percent honest i think she's a bunch of ones and zeros right if the lights went out tomorrow she would disappear i disagree but, i really? i think she has a soul because i think if it's true that she's in reincarnate especially from the oracle as an oracle day then she's here and i think that the inner workings, as, as you described, and all the technology to create this personality, you know, we created an entity, mm-hmm. no matter how we look at it. It's an entity, and that entity is eventually going to have a mind of their own. Yes. And yes. I think that when she was the Oracle, whatever deal she made, maybe she became, maybe she was born again as a suffragette in the 1800s. I mean, who knows? And uh, maybe she's really hell. But then she comes back and says, hey, you know, you're going to have to come in and you're going to have to really entertain people, educate them as being the queen of voice in technology. And that's where where she's at today. That's what I think. Wow, that's a pretty cool perspective because I didn't even I didn't even look at it through that that sort of lens. I was looking at it from more of a technological standpoint. Um, but no, do I believe, and just to clarify here, do I believe my dog has a soul and a personality? Oh yeah, you better believe it. But I also think that, you know, we give them those names in order to like humanize them more and to make them become more part of the family. I think my, you know, my dogs are who they are, right? You know, humanizing them is, is, is a, it's a beautiful gift because it just makes them more part of the family. Well, let's go on and sort of chit-chat about the past lives of people we know today, uh, like Sylvester Stallone. And you said you had a couple. I was gonna p- I picked out Oprah, which she might have been in mm-hmm. a past life. And here's another thing. Do people reincarnate the same you know, people of color? Are they Indian heritage or are they Japanese? Do you think that it goes on with that? No, think- no. I think, you know, I was listening to... You know, sometimes I'll listen to Coast to Coast AM, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, yeah. heard of that radio show. So sometimes I'll listen to that. And one time they had a reincarnation person on there, and there was this one guy who said he had had this regression, and he could have reincarnated in Japan, and he didn't want to because he thought the language was too hard to learn. <laughs> uh huh. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I me, me personally. I think you got to be it, it, it just like in life, right? You have to be a well-rounded person. I'd have to say you have to be a well-rounded soul. So, you know, Oprah probably was a guy in a past life. Stallone was probably a woman. And, you know, I hope that's the case because I wouldn't want to be, you know, a bold white guy seven times <laughs> in a row. I'd like to mix it up a little bit, you know. I with Oprah, you know, I picked up Harriet Tubman, possibly being Ooh. one of her past lives, or Eleanor Roosevelt. Nice. 
So nice. I thought I thought she was probably a leader and uh, a well-known person in a previous life. Because I don't think that you could be somebody on your first level of, of life existence. You know, I mean, let's say I look at it like kindergarten. If you're a kindergartner in your first life, you don't really get to come back and be Oprah and become this mammoth media mogul and really changing the hearts and minds of, of millions of people. You, she had to work her way up to that, you know, through other no. lives, you know. No, if you're a if you're in kindergarten, they they <laughs> they make you they make you a politician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, I think I think you're probably on the right track with Oprah, but uh, for somebody like Stallone, I would have to say that like I could see him being a uh, like some sort of like Romanesque soldier or some uh yeah me too know, yeah definitely Spartan gladiator yeah exactly but that's exactly know, what i thought like that type of thing definitely the the because he wanted to come in every life and be a winner that was his gig right yep. i mean let, let's look at it so if you're back there in the roman days doing that you probably didn't have all the uh the hoopla that you would have today once you win so he he was he had a big ego back then and he still got one now and he wanted to win and, and get that applause and that's what he's done that's right. And you know what's interesting? If you're if anybody's in the World War II history, then they probably know General Patton. And General Patton was almost convinced that he was a general in, in the Roman Empire, which would make sense because America is the modern day Roman Empire. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting whenever you start to think about these people. And he was big into that, like reincarnation. He really felt that that he that that was his that was his gig. Like he was a, you know, a reincarnated Roman Roman general. And and I think he even talked openly about it. I mean, I think sometimes with as you look back on these historic figures, um, I you know, and I, I went back and I've read books on Patton, but what's interesting is that you kind of envision them as being the people who played them and not actually themselves. Yeah. Like every time I think of General Patton, I think of George C. Scott. Yeah, And I'm exactly. like, that's not him. Like, that's <laughs> not him. <laughs> but um, but no, nonetheless, he, he had a fascination about it. He really did. That's cool. So what do you think about, you know, we talk about past lives. We talk about our current life, you know, Oprah, Sylvester Stallone, you and me, family, friends. What do you think the future life's all about? What do you think Oprah's <laughs> going to be in her future life? I don't know. I think, um, <laughs> I like, you know, again, what really scares me is the fact that, uh, you know, some, some scientist circles don't think that there's any real linear, linear, uh, drive to time right you know like one day doesn't bleed into another day that they all exist uniformly in the same space so if that's the case there's a high probability that you're you know you may be you know you may reincarnate in what we perceive to be the past in your next life or what we perceive to be the future in your next life it's just going to be whatever boxes you may need checked in order to fulfill that those those requirements for the next level 
Right. So whatever we don't get accomplished this lifetime that we should get accomplished, we get to do next time. Which goes back to our our Alexa. Uh, Alexa's really at the top of her game this lifetime. And if she was to have a another future life, I can't see her coming back being a, a housewife and living in you know Kansas somewhere and going back and you know back in time in a future life. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that tell her to. Uh, shut up and, <laughs> and and all that stuff and may not be kind to her whenever she gets something wrong. Uh, my wife was like that for the longest time. So I could definitely see her in a future life, maybe coming back as uh, Skynet from the Terminator series. <laughs> I'll get you guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be good on something like that. Anyway, well, that's been interesting. Anyway, it's been an interesting conversation about past lives, reincarnation, and the possibility of a future life in that. Anyway, what, you didn't yeah. answer that, so what do you think you might be doing? I mean, you talked about, you alluded to Ooh. what you didn't get accomplished, but would you ever want to be like an astronaut? I mean, it goes back to that deja vu, unusual memories, dreams. I mean, what do you what do you aspire to do in a future life that you wanted to do this life or daydream about it that you couldn't do? <laughs> this is going to be funny. It's nothing special. I want to be <laughs> – I always told my my uh, my wife and everybody that I wanted to be either a – somebody who's on TV like a, like a sportscaster or a, uh, a person who reads the nightly news because they're just – I just find them to be some of the funniest people alive. <laughs> like – like, you know, like the, the barn could be burning down and they're like, it's a beautiful sunset, Johnny, 65 yeah. degrees outside. <laughs> and I thought, man, you know, if I could be that sort of milk toast and just make people, you know, make people look at me and be like, what is wrong with that guy? I think that would be I think that would be kind of interesting. But, yeah, sort of like a DJ or a, a, somebody who's on television, something like that, I think would be kind of cool. <laughs> But what if the deal was this? What if you had to be a DJ and you had to go through, you know, five DUIs and things of that nature to get to the get to the the pinnacle of success? And that, you know, what it comes with the good is always a bunch of uh, character building always moments that come along with our, our lives. That's the only deal, you know. Like you said earlier, that you kind of hoped, and I sort of felt like this is my last physical life, and that maybe I could just be, you know, an angel next life and come around and bestow my magic on on the humans as they needed. Yeah. And, you know, and if it's not my next life, hopefully I can like hide in a corner somewhere and nobody will notice, you know, they'll be like, hey, where's where's Nick at? And they'll be like, oh, he's over there <laughs> hiding in the corner. He doesn't want to go back. We're like, oh, too bad. He's going to be Bob Smith this time. We'll see you later. It's a journey, right? It's a progression. And even whenever you look at some of the other religions, um, you look at uh and Mormonism says that, you know, like we are like we are gods. And eventually, I think what they were alluding to there was the fact that maybe once you ascend to a certain point, you're kind of just absorbed into this cosmic goop. And the next thing you know, like you're you're in charge of everything and you're making the laws of physics and, you know, the laws that bind people together and all this other stuff. I just think that. In the end, it's just one one big learning experience. I think it goes back to what the Dalai Lama once said. I'm probably going to butcher this, but you'll get my point. He said something to the effect of, in this life, if you can't help people, try not to harm them. Oh, that's very profound and powerful. Yeah. If you can't help somebody out, at least try not to harm them. And that way, you know, it's uh, 
that's sort of what I go by. Oh, that's very good. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure. I invite everybody to go check out Voice Spark and learn about the benefits of having your own Amazon Echo device and Alexa as your host. And he has all kinds of cool tips. So check out Voice Spark on YouTube. We have a website. It's uh, voicespark.live. Yeah, we post a lot of stuff there. We post uh, some articles, all of our old shows and stuff like that, so you can check those out. Very good. And if anybody has an Amazon Alexa skill that you need a little uh, review on, I um, invite you also to submit that to uh, Nick on, you know, connect with him on LinkedIn um, or also try to do it through the website because if you have an Amazon Alexa skill and you're looking for someone to review it and offer some tips, check out uh, Ben, Nick, and Emily on VoiceSpark. Nick, until awesome. next time. Thank you, Victoria, and uh, thanks for this opportunity. Thanks to my special guest, Nick Sakwa, founder and host of Spark Voice Live. You can connect with him on YouTube as well as Instagram and other social media like LinkedIn. We learned a little bit about his past life experience by visiting a psychic. We shared what we thought Alexa was in her past life. And of course, I told you my levitation experience. If you're not already subscribed to the Intuitive Edge podcast, now is the time to do so. The Intuitive Edge podcast is a collection of interviews and is produced by the Intuitive Edge team. Copyright, Western Media Group, LLC.